0: What can you do with pipe cleaners? Hello and welcome. I'm Steve.
1: And I'm me. And I'm also me.
0: And I'm me and all. And this Fuck's sakes. And this is Fools Tools, a podcast with advice for the average asshole. I fucking did it. Three fucking (laughs) words. Um, Gentlemen, how are we... (laughs) I haven't spoken to another human being in like 4 days and it's really started to affect me. Um Joe seeing as you're a guest do you want to go first what have you been up to?
2: I have actually been up to apart from melting in this weather. <laughs> um last thing I've been doing I've put together like a, a mud kitchen um just like oh, using decking and bits and bobs you can get from B&Q kind of thing. Yeah. Um but it took a lot longer than I thought it would. I'm going to blame the weather not my like, <laughs> work, ethic, work ethic. But, yeah, that's pretty much what's been t- taking up my last week. Oh, nice. Uh, Brett, what about you?
1: I have also been dealing with the weather and will not make the excuse that it's my work ethic. But I've <laughs> been very productive amidst the heat. And uh, I've actually officially started doing the home renovation stuff i.e., ripping down drywall and finding the glorious, glorious, very professional job that was done behind said drywall with um, insulation falling out and every possible staple and screw and nail being missed of all the studs. (laughs) So, like, I can see the exterior wall now and I know how the construction was done or not done well. And learning a lot about electrical wiring and plumbing and all of these things that are going to be very helpful for me going forward. Um, I lucked out that the bathroom corner where the shower is happens to be the corner where not only am I dealing with the main electrical stuff because it's right there on the outside of the wall, but all of the plumbing and uh, water systeming I have to do to pass code It all exists within three or four square feet of that corner. So it's been eye-opening as far as knowing what I'm dealing with going forward. Um, I also played with an Arbortech system for the first time. I know I posted a little bit about it during the week, but as of yesterday, I completed a a new display project for uh, one of the ammonite fossils that I got from John, and Hopefully I'll be posting some photos about it and get the video out by maybe next week. But I did all power carving and then just added a couple of little details with some forging um, and did some little, you know, obviously I burned the wood and did some other little techniques. And it ended up, instead of coming in, it looked like a, looked like a wave because it was going to have this like beautiful wave. Carrying these actually, fossils, he's
0: back. It's fine.
1: Uh, am I here? Uh,
0: yeah, I think I think the one of the the rats may have been chewing your internet cable as well. You a bit squiggly. Oh, perfect. Yeah.
1: Anyway, uh, it actually with the wood burning and some of the other techniques that I did, it ended up looking like a topographical map. So there's all these steps where the grain, you know, mm. wood grain works right where it's softer and harder in certain areas. Uh, So it legitimately from the side, there's all these steps where the grain was and it looks like I carved topography, which I absolutely didn't, but it sure looks like it. Anywho, it's been a very, very productive week. To be honest, I've been at it for long days every day this week. Hence my, I slept in a little bit this morning.
0: fellas. (laughs) apologies. Um, uh, That, does sound productive. Although I, I must admit, I was totally distracted whilst you were talking because I was imagining Joe making a mud kitchen for Al and Al just playing in a mud kitchen and it was a glorious image. Um Wait,
1: well I'm glad you were interested machines, in what what I was doing. <laughs> so.
0: I was listening, Brett. If they weren't. I I was listening. I was just imagining. No, you know, no, no, don't say they
1: kitchen. I think Joe was listening as well. He was Joe was very definitely intending. listening. So this I is really just. On Steve.
2: <laughs> I took it all in, but now that Steve said that, that is literally all I can. I can picture as all. I think I've got. Right. <laughs> if I put wheels on the front, it could be a little bit of a cart that he could wheel around Manchester, perhaps. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that makes no sense for anybody that wasn't at the first part of the thing. Um,
0: yeah, I, sh- I suppose I should probably also like mention to the listeners that we have Joe here of average joe and uh that i can't remember the name of the
2: the facebook thing that you're doing the stuff for now what's it called yeah, it's, um it's this i'll probably best to clear this up a little bit because there's a bit of confusion at the beginning people thinking that it's it's my mm. thing it's not i'm an employee and um, yeah but it's it's on a budget that's what it's called that's and it. you may have heard of the facebook group diy on a budget yeah which is probably claimed to fame of all the weird and wonderful things that people do with Fablon and Sticky Back Plastic. <laughs> yeah. um, but there's, like, we want to start a proper YouTube channel, and I was brought on board to do that. So, yeah, it's not, it's not my nice. personal thing, but I create yeah. content there.
0: Nice. Yeah, because basically, it's basically um, uh, Blue Peter for adults.
2: <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, yeah. basically. Um, <laughs> expanding foam, um, plastic spoons, very mirrors, that kind of stuff. But I am yeah. getting more and more of the, like, woodworking, classic... Yeah weekend DIY stuff in there when I can.
0: Nice. I uh I must admit, like I've I've watched a few of them and I think pretty much everyone did the same thing, which is one like appeared on their Facebook feed and they started watching it and then we're like, hang on, that's Joe. What? Heck of you is what's happening? Um but yeah no I I I I really like the um the videos so far. Um Al uh I'm jumping around so much my head's not with it today. Uh, Al, what have you been up to this week, other than being employed in Manchester as a craft? It's
3: a a new life for me. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm taking to it well. Uh, Yeah, other than incredibly long work hours, which I won't bore you with, um, I have been, this week, starting to apply for my Climbing Instructors Certificate. Woohoo! So I can teach little munchkins how to climb. Yes. Um, so we went to the climbing wall yesterday. Do, yes, you, know
0: to, do you know how to climb?
3: Everyone knows how to climb, Steve. <laughs> but how good is your figure eight? Like, oh, wow. really? It was put to the test yesterday, Brett, quite mm-hmm. literally. Um, well done. Yeah, all the knots, all the safety tests, all the... Logistics and basically anything but climbing. So you, you, when you teach climbing, you don't actually teach climbing because everyone, yeah. knows, every kid knows how to climb. You teach them how not to die um, or how not to kill each other. Um, so, yeah, it went to the climbing wall. There's a great big, um, like, wooden climbing tower, kind of like those um, firemen practice tower things that they have. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was great. But it was, it was incredibly fucking hot. Yeah. And we'll come back to that because that's I've got some – some top tips about Ooh. what to do in, in the hot weather. But while I wasn't doing that, what I was mainly doing. Uh-oh. 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 <laughs>
2: Staying with this
0: guy! <laughs> Anybody that needs context, for that, go look at ours Instagram. Um, that thing's fucking amazing. I I am a little bit jealous. It's fucking great.
3: So we were supposed to obviously be going to um Maker Central in a couple of weeks and one of the activities on the Make With Maker stall was going to be build a puppet um, and Maker Lucas um, very kindly kind of volunteered to run that stall um, and I think he just got overexcited because knowing that we couldn't actually go he was like I'm still going to make a puppet anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so he made me a little hackshack puppet uh, which uh, I'm going to have great fun with.
0: A little puppet that thing's bigger than your head.
3: These cows are far away um yeah so i'm gonna have have my own little craftsman episode
0: i think yeah
3: (laughs) a mental puppet
0: that's fucking brilliant um yeah no that's uh, that like that sounds like a a hellish week in terms of work but it sounds like some good stuff as well um I, i love the fact that you're getting all these qualifications for the um uh scouts stuff um it's really cool man i'm I, I know I've said it a million times before, but I'm genuinely so excited and so happy for you because it's such a like it's you're such a perfect fit for it. And it never occurred to me until you were like, Oh yeah, I'm doing this thing. It's like, oh fuck, that's such a good <laughs> idea. Um but yeah. Uh I, on the other hand. Well, have uh, you been up to Steve? Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks for asking. I I have um I've been to work a little bit. And then Thursday evening, I got home and ben, ben turned around to me and said, by the way, I've tested positive for COVID. So I am now stuck in the house with um, with Ben. We're kind of as much as possible trying to isolate from each other as well. Um, that was on a... Uh, like one of the lateral flow tests so one of the the quick home test kits that he tested positive Um, he's been and got a um, uh, PCR test as well Um, and that's been confirmed as well Uh, so he spent the last few days in his room coughing a lung up um, and just generally not being very well Um, and I've taken, I've done a uh, PCR test that came back negative, so I didn't have it then. Um, I've got another one booked for tomorrow morning to make sure that I still don't have it, because um, I've only had one jab so far, so I'm hoping that's enough to kind of stave it off, but uh, um, yeah, like being in such close quarters with someone that's got it is, uh, is fun, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm really like, you know, I brought that uh, the Xbox the other day and felt really guilty about the fact that I bought myself an Xbox.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm now super glad I bought myself an Xbox because I have played the fuck out of that over the last few days. Um, so really What's weird been thing. the go-to? What's been the go-to? Well, this is the thing is like, so I, I've been, um I've been like saying to myself, oh, I could go and do this, and oh, I could do, do that, and I could sort this out and then realizing that all the things that i want to do require me leaving the house for mm. some period of time like okay i can't or it's like i i could sort through that cupboard and get all the things out and like yeah and then they're just going to sit there because i can't take them anywhere or do anything with them um so yeah i've just been playing a lot of uh what have i been playing um i just downloaded uh cuz the great thing about the Xbox is it comes with the Game Pass thing. So it's like a load of free games that you can just download. So I've been playing Jedi Fallen Order today. Uh, I've played a lot of Forza because brum brum. Um, I've also been watching a lot of like Vice Vice Grip Garage and Roadkill and shit like that and getting super excited about the truck and then getting like really excited and then really annoyed because it's like, oh, I could do this and I could do that. I'm like, oh, I can't do anything because I've got to stay at home um but yeah i've i've redesigned every single component of the truck about 12 times um uh what else have i played some other shooting game that was fun destiny destiny mm. uh, that was the other one um but yeah it's uh, i am so ready to leave the house um i've done like i've luckily like because of uh like the first lockdowns i saw a few bits of um Like gym kit here, so I was able to do like a little bit of a workout just to move a little bit rather than just sitting on the sofa. But yeah, it's it's starting to get a little bit yeah, and it's only been like three days, four days. Mm -hmm. I've lost all sense of time. It's fucking horrible. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's also like the the hottest weather we've had in the UK all year, and I can't leave the house. This is great. I'm loving this. Um. So yeah, that's that's me. Um, I don't, so if anybody like out there has got any uh, top tips for things that I could watch, read, or listen to, then then, then hit me up. Uh, speaking of top tips, and and a not at all forced segue, uh, because Joe's here, uh, we were going to do some tips and advice and things like that. Um, we've all had plenty of notice to do uh, some some homework to come up with some ideas and things. Um, I haven't done any because I can't, uh, because I'm an idiot and I can't, I can't pre think of things like this. I just have to do it on the night. Uh, and I was like, "Ah, oh, I'll be fine. And it never is, um, which is why Al hates me. Um, but, uh, I've got Al...
3: spares, but they're only for Brett.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, Al, Al or Joe, do you want to take uh, a little bit, more of this and kind of explain it a little bit better rather than my ramblings
3: yeah i mean the the idea came because as much as joe is an incredibly entertaining charming man um he's also very informative and i've i learned a lot from watching joe's content Um yeah. i always have done and it's always been accessible stuff and in yeah. sort of easy to understand and but impressive um mm. you know not not just basic like you know, anyone knows that, um, and I just thought it might be useful given the sort of breadth of experience that us three and have, and then there's also Steve. We could talk <laughs> about um, just like you know, insider secrets or tricks of the trade or little top tips or kind of you know, public service announcements. <laughs> um, just any any sort of kind of advice or little life hacks that yeah. just have made your life easier or made your life more enjoyable or made your life less dying. Um, <laughs> yeah, go for it. So, I mean, I've, I've got a few, should we kick, should we kick us off with one?
0: Yeah. I just, I just, whilst you're finding your list, I just wanted to say as well, like with what you were saying about Joe's um, like tips and stuff like that. Like I 100% agree. Like there's so much of um, of Joe's content that's been put out that it is really simple and really basic without being condescending um and also without being boring and like oh I know this so I can skip skip over this bit it's it's always worth a watch even if it's something that's that's been covered a million times before um Mm -hmm. so
2: like really appreciate those those kind words but I, I genuinely like the hardest thing that I ever find with sharing a tip is exactly what you've just said is that condescending part yeah because if you if you already know something, it's no longer a tip to you in your mind's eye. Yeah. So I'll, what I try and do, if I if I do something, I'll ask somebody else who doesn't do that. So obviously, I'll do a lot of woodworking. So I'll ask my mom and my dad. They don't make nothing. So it's like, I'm gonna do this, how would you do it? And then they tell me how they do it. And then everything that they miss, I'm like, that could be a tip, that could be a tip, that could be a tip. And no, it's like, you know, it. yeah, genius. it's simple, but not everybody does know it. And as long as like you say, if it's put across Okay, and it's not well. If you a pencil can draw a line, then you know what I mean. But a little bit of give and take. Um, Yeah, yeah. The the hardest is if you know it. Is it a tip still? I don't don't know. I really don't know.
3: I think I think I think that is a a sort of skill to to go. Don't assume that people know the stuff that you know. Like it might be second nature to you, but like more often than not, I've come a cropper from assuming somebody knows what I'm on about more than i have come across being yeah condescending or patronizing you know I'd, I'd rather the latter yeah just for the sake of that one person in the room going oh my god that's a really good idea i never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> but chances are nine out of ten people in the room will go oh my god that's a really good idea because mm-hmm. even if it's like a basic thing there might be something you do joe that's just like that little bit different or a little bit twist or like oh i hold the tool like this or i stack stuff like this and you're like you know, so it might yeah. it might not even be the whole thing. It might just be one little thing. So I've yeah. got a starter, right? And it's because I've just done it. I've just made pizzas because it's red hot. So I got the barbecue on and cooked on nice. the barbecue. Don't put so many fucking toppings on your pizza, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, if you want lots of toppings, have lots of pizzas.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah. make, make tiny little ones and put like, a little bit of topping on each one.
3: Same goes for thickness of base. If you're really hungry, just have two pizzas. Don't have a big thick pizza that's like a loaf of bread with something on top of it. And this 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 applies to all things, right? Okay. If you want a big, fat, juicy burger, don't have a big fat juicy burger, have five burgers that aren't big and fat because burgers are not meant to be five inches thick. Burgers are meant to be thin and delicious and taste of cooked beef. Go on, Steve. I was going to say... That's why this turns into a rant, not a tip.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm just going to jump in there. Uh, but I I 100% agree. I think, like, with, with cooking especially, people have a tendency to just overcomplicate it and just add too many things in. Like, if you're making a chili, you don't need to chuck in half the fucking cupboard. You can just use a few ingredients and make something really good. Um, it's the same with condiments. You don't need 15 different fucking ketchups on your one burger you just have <laughs> choose one and go with that dear think, holland yeah <laughs> but i think it's uh, it applies to making stuff as well like don't overcomplicate your projects if if you need to do a project to do a thing concentrate on doing that one thing first and then add in all the extra bits like if you want to add wings and leds to it add wings and leds to it but make sure that it does the thing that's supposed to do first um because, yeah, I've seen so many people that have – and I, I have a tendency to do it. I get overexcited. I'm like, well, I want to put this on. And, oh, I could do this. And, oh, if it's doing that, then I might as well do this. And it's like, well, no, let's just get the the actual thing done first and then expand on that if mm-hmm. if you need to. But more often than not, like a, a really simple thing is so much nicer and so much um, more appealing than something that's massively overcomplicated, unless it's the gun from The Fifth Element.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, you have to have literally everything on that gun. (laughs) That's the point. But I have to, I want to agree with Steve on this because uh, it comes from the design world teachings that I went through in the past that simple is difficult. That's that's why, and I know we've commented on it before, but that's why overcomplicating or adding too many bells and whistles, it's almost easier to do that. Because then you're just hiding any of the other discrepancies or any of the flubs that you may have made in the simplistic project, um, that's why really good simple design is uh, regarded as very high level design because it is difficult to be simple mm. yes just nice. just to cl- clarify,
3: although I wholeheartedly agree with everything that you said, and it's all relevant no, what, I, what I meant was literally don't put too many toppings on your pizza yes because literally be...
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: Because they don't also cook, there's and there's they go nothing soggy, worse. and it's like and there's it, it, I mean the physical dimensions of the outside of a pizza is just not enough to contain yeah. all those things. Just don't do it. Yeah,
2: <laughs> barbecue sort of spice is okay though, right? <laughs> Joe, if that's what you
3: if that's how you want to roll, fill your boots. Just don't put seventeen peppers on it and onions and chicken and sweet corn because all those things have a high moisture content, and your pizza will just be a big soggy mess.
0: Yeah,
2: worst to live by, definitely. <laughs> <laughs>
0: big soggy mess um i mean right so are we are we just going to do like quick fire or are we going to well we... no it's
3: joe's turn now and then it's your turn and then the quick fire round is towards the end of the show
2: cool okay i might have actually got like the wrong end of the stick with what we was doing for tips because we started with them um, pizza and i was going to come in with handsaw um tips
1: yeah yeah
2: so, i'll tell you what i'll I'll just go with it because there wasn't mentioned <laughs> about being condescending on how to hold at all um but with a handsaw, there's a couple of ones. So not everybody will know that when you hold a handsaw, yeah, you hold the handle. But you've got to think about your index finger and all. You want to point that index finger where you want to cut. It sounds soft. It really does sound soft. But it, it makes a massive difference. Change your grip up, do that. And yeah. you'll just notice straight away how much you're cutting. And the last little quick tip with a handsaw as well, that again, not many people do actually know that a quick way to know if you're cutting square straight that you're not adding any kind of bevel to it is to look at the reflection in the saw itself so if you're cutting a wooden board if that board in the reflection still lines up perfectly and your eye is really good at picking up small differences if it lines up in the reflection you're bang on square and you're cutting straight that's fucking genius that's just blown my mind yeah like this, oh, this is the thing, so that was just genuinely just something that I took for a given, because um, yeah. it's always how I I just presumed it was done, and I saw other people doing it, but not everybody. If you haven't heard it, if you don't do that day-to-day, it's, it's not on your radar, and now, you know, it's dead simple, and it's like, you'll go and use it and be like, yeah, that's not a tip, because it's just That's
1: just how you use a saw,
2: Dickie. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> mean, does, does that technically work the same for uh, pole saws? like? still pointing your finger or are you are you still kind of doing that to control the direction
2: um in, in my mind's eye yeah i've probably used a pulse or once or twice in my life um, and <laughs> to, to me the kind of the point although you're pointing where you've going it kind of straightens out your arm naturally mm-hmm. um, it, it's something as well like i used to temp in bowl quite a lot and we used to wear braces that would point your finger straight and hold your finger like that so you wouldn't bend your wrist so I think there's a natural like tendon or something that point your finger and you won't flex your wrist as much. Joe, do you have
3: any tips on where I can get my my bowling ball drilled?
2: Drilled. I have got the hookups.
3: <laughs>
0: you
3: better, <laughs> you he me a
2: post Get un- them polished and all at the same time. <laughs> <right? laughs> yeah. Oh, brilliant!
0: Um, but like genuinely, again, that's a a really good tip. Like not only the the reflection thing, but the the finger thing as well. Like you wouldn't believe the amount of people that that hold tools wrong or that, that don't realize that they need to be held in different ways for different things. So yeah, I, I think that's a, a really good shout. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, and I'm, I'm not going to no cause it's Brett's turn next. So I'm not going to segue into my tip. I'm going to segue into Brett's tip and
1: that's what he said.
0: Y- yes. Speaking of fit people that I, I don't no, no, no. know. Let me take
1: this one. Let me take this one. Um, back up 30 seconds. Speaking of holding tools wrong and also Steve talking, my tip was going to be for the angle grinder. Ooh. Was that a good segue?
0: That was a good segue. (laughs) Well done, you.
1: (laughs) So we've all talked about the right angle grinder community um, for a long time now. And having just used the Arbortech throughout the week, um, these are attachments that I had never really played with before as far as like, They've got the turbo plane, which is what a lot of people have seen online for power carving. And then they sent me a mini version of it that's, I don't know, one third of the size. And it has a longer shank on it so that you can really get interior cuts. Um, And then there's a sanding pad and then there's a mini sanding pad. So like they sent me the actual Arbortech angle grinder, which, you know, fantastic. and, And thanks to them for doing something like that. It's this beautiful piece of kit, but the biggest difference between their angle grinder and the normal one, or any other generic one, is that it has an outfeed for um, like a vacuum to be hooked up into it, so you can put the chips directly into the garbage. Um, What I'm getting at is, as much as we've talked about the angle grinder and, and all of its delightful uses, I am still convinced that... If you really needed to invest in one tool to do loads and loads of work, um, look into the kind of attachments that are offered. Steve, I don't know if you've seen the uh, pipe sander attachment or it's like a belt sander that goes on. Yeah. The amount of tooling and accessories that people have created for a right angle grinder, if you can buy one or you've never used one and you you're wondering like, well, what can I really use it for? I only see flap discs on it or sanding pads on it. You would be surprised if you haven't done the research at how many different things can go and be attached to an angle grinder for damn near every project you would ever need to do. And if you're really keen on getting into uh, becoming great with the angle grinder, watch Steve sharpen a blacksmith knife on an angle grinder while it's chucked into a vise because that will blow your brain away. And I was privy to that. What the first time we went to your forge. Uh,
0: yeah, I think. Oh my
1: God. It, it's dangerous. It's like <laughs> almost everything else is, but I have only become more aware over the years of what an angle grinder can do to a very limited tool set or a very limited shop. Um, you'll end up spending obviously a little bit of extra money for any of the accessories and any of the attachments, but you're gonna get to you're going to avoid having to buy very specific tooling if you can just do the research and see what people are utilizing this effectively, just like high RPM geared tool to use other things.
0: Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I think it's a it's a great um, base unit to kind of build a tool collection off because it it can. It can do so many things. Um, I think if you can afford to spend a little bit more on one as your first tool, uh, I would go for one that's got speed control, um, oh, which yeah. I, I still don't have one that's got speed control. So I still nearly die every time I use a cut brush. Um, but if you can afford to get one, they're so so much better. Oh well, um, yeah.
1: There should be there should be an addendum to that where which wire cup brush to use when you're actually doing wire wheeling because the loose wires just become shrapnel. And Al, we had a good laugh about that when you were working on, I can't remember what, but if you don't have a speed controlled one and the wire cup is rated for a certain amount of RPMs, there is a reason you will just get covered in wire shrapnel. (laughs) Good shot, Steve.
0: Yeah. I mean, and Again, like like with anything, it, it all comes down to like if you're using accessories on something, it's about using the right ones and knowing what the accessory is is designed for and what you what you can and can't do with it. And that I don't just mean what the manufacturer says you can do with it. I mean obviously we we're all big fans of using things in slightly improper <laughs> ways. Um but I think like if you you kind of need to know what you can and can't do with it so it's it's always good to kind of um to get an idea of of if someone else has used the tool in the completely wrong way before you go and do it yourself um because sometimes that's it's not good it's it's gonna end up doing bad things um right uh now it's my turn uh, yeah. i my suggestion my, my suggestion my tip is Um, don't, don't listen to people on the internet, uh, because most of the time they're wrong. Um, especially if it's like in a Facebook group where it's a bunch of beginners on a, of a certain, like whether it's woodworking or metalworking or whatever, there's so much misinformation out there. And, and the, uh, the thingy Kruger effect, um, not Freddy Krueger. My uh, Kruger. it begins with a D where, <laughs> where how much you Go think Kruger. you know. No, I don't know. Uh the thing where you th- um people that don't know much think they know everything. And there are so many people that will say, Oh yeah, you've got to do it like this, you've got to do it this way, this is the only way to do it. Kruger. And it's absolutely wrong and false and bad. Um, yes, stunning Kruger, thank you. Um but like uh I mean, the blacksmithing for beginners group is one that I always refer to because there is so many people in there that are spouting stuff as if it's gospel. That's just genuinely really bad advice. Um, and there will be one or two people that kind of jump in and say, ah, actually maybe you shouldn't do it like that. Um, but generally if, if someone's telling you how to do something without, especially if they haven't even been asked, generally they don't know what they're talking about. Um, and uh and yeah just kind of be aware of of who is giving you that advice or that information what their kind of um what their experience and and qualifications in um i I wouldn't even
3: go on that because i I would go on what what their agenda is because the amount of times i've seen like Actually, I'm a nurse and you and and they're mm. contradicting the fucking last ten posts. So the, the the level of experience and understanding I think mean nothing in the realm of Facebook groups.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're you're quite true. And I
3: think the more even the more specialized they are, <laughs> the worse the advice gets. Like I, I'm in I'm in a very specific group called the UK Raptor Paint Group, which is <laughs> specifically for using raptor paints on your yeah. car, and it's fucking madness. <laughs> Anyone yeah. p- post a picture and there will like literally be 20 different explanations for what's going on in the picture. Yeah. Obviously without any understanding, just mm-hmm. this reaction really like, I need to answer because I'm yeah. in the group and someone's asked a question. I have to answer. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You don't know what's going on.
0: Yeah. Well, the, like, cause the, the, again, the, the one that made me think of the, about this was from the blacksmithing, blacksmithing for beginners group. And basically someone put a post up and they're getting a, a blister like here on their hand when they're whenever they're forging too much wanking and well that's yeah it's probably not far (laughs) off um but so many people were like oh you should be wearing gloves you should wear gloves you should wear gloves no no you shouldn't wear gloves that's a really bad idea if you're using a if you're doing on your hammer hand like that no don't do that and everyone else was just going oh you should just man up and build up some calluses it's like again no like you just because you're using a hammer every day doesn't mean you're going you're to build up calluses like it's that's not how it works um and there was like two other people that that dropped in with advice both of whom were quite um reserved in their advice it wasn't like you're doing this wrong blah 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 it was just i can't be i can't tell for sure from that photo but you know i've i've been swinging a hammer for the last 30 years and i don't ever get i've not got a callus there i don't actually have that callusy hands like my skin's quite soft there cause that shouldn't be touching the hammer. So it's probably either you're gripping the hammer too tightly or your hammer handles the wrong shape. Um, but again, without being able to see you actually swinging it, I can't really tell much from this picture. And that, mm-hmm. that was it. That was their advice it was like, I can't really tell much, but it's probably one of these two things. Um, like, but, and, and that's it. Whereas everyone else was just like, no, you've got to be doing this and you've got to be doing that which is all just really bad advice um so yeah i d- don't listen to strangers on the internet because
2: people yeah, are idiots I'm on a podcast oh, oh. unless podcast. yeah <laughs> podcast <and> golden
0: <laughs> yeah unless it's us in which case that's fine and to be fair that's not true unless it's joe if it's the three of us don't listen to us if it's joe listen to joe he knows what he's doing um wow that's back around to you now
3: it is thank you very much um
0: excuse me because where brett left and came back it's now
3: (laughs) oh no don't don't go off because then you're thinking that our screens are the same as yours, steve Mm. what a schoolboy error um so i'm gonna actually do a tool one now because joe put me to shame by (laughs) doing doing it properly like i asked him to um so joe please jump in if i'm talking shit but uh Dave, who very kindly sent me a bunch of um like retro stuff a while back. He sent yeah. me like the old Sony phone and a PSP and some cool stuff oh, yeah, yeah. like that. Um he was watching the Vitara videos and he was like, Oh, I um, I I saw you with the screws in the car and you were using like just a regular Posi Drive mm. driver. I was like, Yeah, 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 it's you know it's so, that's how I roll? And he's like, oh, <laughs> actually, J- Japanese screws are slightly different. They have a JIS head, uh, yes. and it's not the same as a, as a posi drive head. Yeah, and it's also not the same as you know the majority of cruciform drives. No, whichever you flavor you prefer. Um, and he's like, yeah, if you get the Japanese one, it's got the slightly longer um, like grooves, and it stops it coming out. So if 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 something's thirty years old and rusty, (laughs) chances are you're going to strip the fuck out of it. But if you use the right screwdriver, even though what you thought was the right screwdriver is not the right screwdriver. So, and I'm not talking about those like fucking bespoke ones that they put in a box of like Ah. um, decking screws just to make you to just use the one that they put in the decking screws just to piss you off. I mean, like actually established um, driver heads. Make sure that you're using the right one because you might not be.
0: It's a very good shout.
3: That was a genuine I think,
0: tip that. Yeah. I, I think that kind of works for a uh, a multitude of tools as well. Because if you're using if you're working on something that's imperial, then you use imperial sockets. Don't don't use metric <laughs> sockets. Like don't listen to that. Close enough. T- use the yeah. one that fits. Yeah. Close enough.
1: <laughs> no, Al, I have to jump on that bandwagon because the amount of screws that I've either stripped out or uh, ruined the the actual driver bit, mm. because driver bit quality makes a huge difference. They've gotten cheaper over the years, and there's a reason you can buy 500 of them in a box. <laughs> it's because they expect you to use them on soft screws, going into soft wood, all of these things where it's like they're, they're making the consumables for an assumed purpose. And even the the zinc-coated ones nowadays, you know, they're like as soft metal as they can possibly be, I guess, because you'll just strip them either with the driver bit or you'll shear the head off. Like do some research and figure out what you're actually doing final application wise, because even though stainless is more expensive for things like exterior use, they're also super strong. <laughs> and there's a reason decking screws are stronger and, and they have like a star bit head over here. If you use deck mate or SPACs, like, mm. Man, that makes a huge difference. And good for you saying that, because just a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have known any better. And I feel like that point needs to be hammered in a few more times. Otherwise, uh, you will be hammering them
0: in. As I say, yeah, don't, don't use a hammer with <laughs> screws. I've learned that one. Why not? Uh, <laughs> Joe, what about you? What's your top tip?
2: I'm gonna jump on the back of that one as well because if you if you're in a pinch again, probably everybody knows it. But if you don't, if you are struggling to get a screw out, and you maybe be rip the head a little bit already, um, get an old like elastic band, put it over the screw, and then when you put the screw head in, it kind of fills in the gaps and gives it a little bit more grip to under the screw. Yes. If it's like um, rusted as well, that does help. So, if so stuck... like
3: just what in between the screwdriver and the screw, jammer yeah, rubber that, band. band. Yeah. All right, like a condom, basically.
2: Yeah, yeah. right. Okay. The safety first and all that. <laughs> I could, I could be wrong, but did you
0: not put that up as a tip video at some point? I haven't. No, not that one. Ah, some, I, I've definitely seen it somewhere because I remember seeing it and thinking, "Oh, that's really good." And then about a week later, using the exact same technique but on a um, on a bolt rather than a screw, um, the bolt was rounded off. Put the rubber band on, did that, and it was just enough to uh, move it out because it just it, filled up those those gaps it was a like a half inch wide rubber band that i happened to have kicking around um mm. but yeah that's that's a really good tip
2: there, there's, a, there's a soft one and all like um if you put wood glue into the like the screw head that you've completely stripped and yeah. then you know like there's that like beauty point where it hasn't set solid but it's kind of like gooey mm. when it's like that it, like it holds up a little bit so when you put the the screw i mean the, the screwdriver bit in there's enough of a resistance to get it turning. It doesn't work all the while, but it's like, oh, I'll try yeah. it, I'll just whack a bit and let it set for a few minutes and then give it a try. Oh, um, I
1: feel like that's a, an exercise in patience where you're like, <laughs> I have to let it set up a little bit, and then also I have to be very slow with how
2: like Yeah. Well that, that's the point where you're like you're picking up the hammer anyway and you're ready to smash <laughs> it to pieces. So it's like, no, I'll put the hammer down, I'll go and have five minutes. So while I'm doing that, I'll whack a bit of wood glue in when yeah.
1: i come mm. back. You can see, make a by make that a point. Cup of tea. I would have
0: I would have welded on like an Allen key so that it like sticks out around like that, and just the top, so that you then got a bit of leverage to just go up and out. It comes.
3: I would have just ground the top of this screw off long before any of this happened. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, and, uh, and
1: and there is a prime <laughs> example Of the approach to problem solving By way of this podcast Steve would weld it Al would I'm,
3: I'm going to use
0: the shit out of that screw again When I get it out <laughs> <laughs> I just want it's it true. out Absolutely true. True. Yeah, how you, Hang on, if it's a screw though You're not going to be able to just grind the top off, are you? Because it's still going to be stuck in there
3: It'll be stuck in the back end, but don't worry about that
0: Yeah, that's fine Um. Yeah, good tip Uh. Brett your next. What's your next tip? Have you frozen? Or are you just staring at me? But, oh, no, you, you moved. You there? What's your tip? My tip? Your tip. There we okay. go. Uh, I
1: don't know if this would be tip as much as just advice or PSA, as Al said in our little pre-show chat. Um, if anybody's listened to Full Blast, um, and I think Fader is just... He's, he's doing a really good job. Well, yeah, he's a dick, <laughs> but he's doing a really good job of challenging the idea of artistry and creativity versus craft. And ever since he's talked about it, you know, it's it's something that I'm I've been trying to work out in my own head, like those of us in the space that want to do something creative or artistic versus the people that are in it for the craft or or some long running, um, trade like blacksmithing or traditional cabinetry, woodworking or whatever, where there's not a lot of room for, oh, I'm going to make these cabinets super wonky and make them crazy. Like they're meant to serve a purpose. You don't really get to steer too far outside of the lines. Now here's the PSA part of it. If you are somebody that is leaning towards, even if this is a singular project and not what you do all the time, uh, I listened to a Absolutely wonderful TED talk that I may have to refer back to in the last bits of the episode today. Uh, there was a discussion about like giving a definition to art or giving a definition to something as a creative project, and it's three points. If you can hit all three of these points and justify them clearly, you can consider what you did as being a creative project or art, for lack of a better term. It is. Intention, display, and reception. So just break that down and it doesn't have to be a super long conversation with with you lads. But if your intention is to do something creative that you want people to appreciate the visual form of or, I don't know, the handling of the material, that's your intention. Figure out what that is how are you going to display it? Do you want it to go in a gallery? Do you just want to take a photo of it and post it on Instagram and hope for a bunch of likes or shares or whatever? Figure out what you're looking for in terms of the display and then the reception. If it is received by the audience as something that is a creative project or like beautiful forms or whatever and not just, you know, I no offense to the resin users out there, but if, if you're just pouring resin into a thing and then you post it and no one receives it. Cause they're like, yeah, you just, you filled a, an ice cube tray with resin and like, but it it's wacky, really much, it's
3: zany. look at all ooh. the things I put in the resin. Yeah. It's so wacky.
1: Yeah. It's so crazy. But whatever the reception is, like you can gauge if your intention was met with the reception that it has. Right. So if you walked into a gallery And saw something on the wall and you're like, that's not art, which plenty of people do. It's subjective. People will go in and look at a Jackson Pollock painting and go, I could do that. Then, well, for one, kind of fuck those people. But you're looking for the reception to be the same as the intention that you put out there. So um, if you're thinking about working on a project... And you really just want to explore something creative or specifically art, for lack of a better term, and something super umbrella that's subjective, try thinking out those three points. It's intention, display, reception. Any thoughts from you guys have at it now, but I I love that there's something a little bit more, um, I won't say metrics because metrics and art should never really go together, but I think there's something about kind of specifying these main points where it's like the beginning, middle and end. Mm. It's like a good story. If the, if the story didn't go well, then you could probably peg it on the beginning, middle or end. Um, I think it's the same thing with this creative outlet stuff.
0: Yeah. I, um, I'd definitely be interested in, in the, uh, the Ted talk to kind of, digest that a little bit more that's
1: don't worry i'm gonna spiff it so i
0: i kind of thought you might um
3: but yeah that's 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 an episode in itself right there yeah
1: it really is and that's a lot to take in we'll we'll chat about it more later but guys i like i listened to it yesterday and it was two hours long and it was great (laughs) and it made me feel really good because this is a very analytical person talking about something very creative
0: yeah nice um yeah. That, to be fair, just like go go watch some stuff like that in general wouldn't be a bad tip. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's my turn next. It's me. Um, mine's really nice and short, short, sharp, and sweet. Uh, which is if you are going to buy, if you're just getting into to making, and you feel like you need to go and buy yourself some tools, and you want to go down the cordless route, and you're worried about which uh, which brand to go for which this which that which whatever um, don't 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 listen to to what anyone else says go into a shop pick up the tools find out which one like if if you know if you think you're going to be using a drill most pick up the drill see which one feels more, most comfortable in your hand like because you're the one that's going to be holding it all day and to be perfectly honest at, at this point in time almost all um tools are virtually identical like unless you're a tradesman that's going to be using them all day every day and really putting them through their paces that tool is going to last way longer than you're going to want to keep it for so it's much better that you have something that's comfortable than something you're worried about that's that's going to break because yeah you if you're a tradesman that's that's using it um all day every day you're probably not going to be asking strangers on the internet their opinion on tool brand anyway. Mm. So just go and figure out which one's most comfortable for you and don't buy into the hype of, oh, you've got to get this one because it's the best one ever. Unless you're a metal worker, in which case go for Metabo because they are the best.
3: Um, I will add an addendum onto that, Steve. Totally agree with you. However, there is merit in getting the same platform that your mates have got. Then, if you go not or else you can just swap yeah. batteries and nick tools and they might have something that they they bought but actually don't really use or it came in a kit and they, they, i don't actually need a reciprocating thingy yeah so you can have it
0: yeah no, no, that's whole
3: get a playstation get an xbox thing it's like yeah think about what you mates have got
0: yeah that's a great shout
3: um, um moving on from great shouts on something else um <laughs> my tip this is quite an overarching tip if it's physically hard so not difficult, but physically hard, you're doing it wrong. So if if it's hard to sand something using your sander, it's because you're trying to go too fast, or you've got the wrong grit, or you've got it on the wrong speed setting. If you're trying to plane some wood, it's because it's not sharp enough. If you try to drill something and you've really got to push hard, it's because everything that you're doing is wrong. You're using the wrong screws, you're using the wrong driver. Tools are invented for the sole purpose of making the job easy. And if it's difficult, you're doing it wrong or something in the whole process is wrong. If it's not welding properly, it's because you haven't done your right prep.
0: That is a fucking brilliant tip that I'm so shocked has come from you.
3: (laughs) Nothing should be difficult, like physically difficult. Things can be tactically difficult or mentally challenging, but if you're using the tool, no matter how shit or how cheap, if it's hard and you're pushing hard and it hurts or it's really hard work, Something along the line. is not doing right. You're going at. You're using the chisel at the wrong angle, or you try to take too much stock away with one pass. All these really simple things, which sound really arbitrary. Like I, I always see, especially beginners, people struggling, and it's like you, there should be nothing you're doing that is struggling. Yeah. Like if you're struggling to cut a celeriac, it's because your knife's not sharp, or you try to cut too big a chunk.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: like it, it transcends everything. So. If you're not sure what you're doing and it hurts and it's hard, learn how to use the tool properly.
0: That's that's a great shout. Um, although now I really want some Celeriac. Um, I do remember,
1: really... hearing, I remember hearing that a few years ago, that more people get hurt because of dull knives in the kitchen because yeah. you have to push harder and you have to, you know, there's yeah. a little bit more force going into it. And if your knives are sharp and your tools are sharp, it, there's a reason that they're able to cut fucking Julian fries yeah. and whatnot. What I are, always, yeah. I
3: always heard people use the expression "let the <laughs> do the work," and I always thought it was this wanky term <laughs> that just meant like, oh, it's got a mind of its own. You don't even have to think about it when you're so good; it just the the hand plane <clears throat> does, it does it itself. And no, but what they actually mean is like yeah. you don't have to put physical effort. If they had said that, stop yeah. exerting yourself. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> I've understood it yeah well, let, let, let the plane do the work
0: <laughs> the thing is it's, it's fucking true and like to, to Brett's point like only a couple of weeks a couple of months ago I was talking to my friend Kieran uh he just bought a new set of knives and he was like oh yeah so we were thinking that we can use the old ones that are a bit blunt we can use those to teach uh his daughter's called Lex like oh we can use the old ones to teach Lex to cook with and I was like no 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 the opposite the and exactly, and I kind of explained it to them. I was like, Why would you give someone something that's going to be? She's going to have to really try hard when that slips, it's going to stab her in the hand, still going to cut her, but it's probably going to bruise her bone as well. Or you give her a nice, sharp knife, you explain to her that it's very sharp and don't put your fingers under it, mm-hmm. and then she doesn't have to slip and like jab it into stuff. If, if it you actually cut,
3: if you got blisters in the middle of your palm of your hand because you're screwing wood, and it's yeah. like, Take it out, drill a fucking pilot hole. Yeah, come back. Put some wax on the screw, straight in. Do it properly. Ooh.
0: Wax on the screw, I like it.
3: Just set little side side tip to the to the knife conversation. Everyone, stop what you're doing. Go on Amazon and buy a Victorinox tomato knife.
0: Yes, good shout.
3: Salt. That's, That's it. I'm not going to yeah. delve into it any deeper. That's all you need to know.
0: Yeah, um, I'm actually going like as a very quick five one, pounds. Just buy going- one. Going back to, uh, to Joe's original tip about the saw, um, wax your saws. Put wax on your saws because, holy fuck, does that make a difference? Massively. I'd hate wax for that to, mean, n- to negate work.
3: the mirror technique though, Steve.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, but you buff it. I
3: mean, fuck it. All right, okay. <laughs> it's clear uh, wax.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joe, because you've got the best tips, what's your next tip? Right, well, I definitely agree with what Al's just been saying. It's always better. You've got to work smarter, not harder. Um, and I was going to go with but the thing, thing is, Joe,
3: when people say that, they don't explain what they mean. It just yeah. sounds like oh, yeah, this, yeah. this, this old thing that old people say, like, no, oh, you should work smarter and harder. Yeah. Oh, well, sorry, after all this time. what what they mean is use the fucking thing properly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we've got the the huge advantage. We've got like all our ancestors going from stone tools to moving into the Bronze Age, and then we've got the, the wonders of steel and diamond bits, and we don't use them. But yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, I was going to go more with like a little bit of a a PSA. I'm going to steal a a Chance the Rapper lyric. Um, And he has got a bit of a one where it's um, shortcuts, cut short, long runs. And I thought like when I very first heard that, I was like, actually, yeah, because there's so many things that you can do to cut corners and just get the job done. But nine times out of ten, it's going to lead to something going wrong in the long run. You can apply it to everything. It could be a craft project that you're working on. And you cut a corner on a joint just to get it done. And two months down the line, it's all rickety. But it could be anything that you want to do in life, anything that you, you're planning to do. You could be studying to teach rock climbing. And you're like, I'll oh, I'll just skip over the knots bit and it'll be OK. And then that's your rock climbing career just gone down the drain. So take that little bit of extra time. It might seem a bit like, oh, yeah, but if I just do this, it'll get done quicker. In the short run, yeah. But if you want that long run, if you want to keep going on for much longer than you are now, just... Take a step back and put a bit more time and effort into it.
0: That's a fucking great shout. Uh, i you just don't... do the rap again, Joe. Sorry.
2: I know <laughs> shortcuts cut short long runs. I don't think we should
0: have Joe on again because he's making us all look bad. Um, but <laughs> it, yeah, like I. He has I so
1: much I, more substance to what he's saying.
0: <laughs> I I love that. That's, that's still great. making messy pizzas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't listen to people on the internet; they're mean.
0: <laughs> oh, fucking hell! Uh, no, again, I, I think that's a, that's a great shout because it's it's so fucking true. Like the amount of people that that will take a shortcut, and I mean, we've talked about like where to spend your money before, but I think as much as anything, it's where to spend your time, um, and don't just don't go, ah, fuck it, I'll do that later. And, and again, it goes back to what I was saying about doing things properly. Like, if if you need to take five minutes and step away and go, what am I not doing right? What why is this not working? Whether that's because the cuts aren't coming out straight or whatever, like it's always worth taking that little bit of extra time to to do it properly. Because like you say, if you if you just fucking plow on through, generally, yeah, you might get it done, but you'll regret it. For months afterwards, until the thing falls apart, anyway. So, yeah, good shout. But even
3: Um, even even even, sorry, even beyond tools, it's like if stuff's heavy, you're lifting it wrong.
0: Unless it's heavy, use a
3: fucking lever. Use you know use things that have been around for thousands of years. To Joe's point, yeah, use a snatch block. Use a fucking pulley. Use really simple things. Nothing should be physically difficult. Exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Fill
3: your shed with water till it floats up, and then it just slide it onto your bench.
2: Fucking
0: Archimedes! <laughs> um, <laughs> dickhead. Well, I'll uh, <laughs> it was, yeah, with the fulcrum in the thing. That's it. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Brett, what about you? You've got follow up Archimedes. Uh,
1: d- wizards. Um, <laughs> I think... Al, I'm going to start off quickfire because I'm totally just stealing this from you. All right. Okay. So this is quickfire. Five words. You're not allowed to explain it. That's can, it. it can it be less it, than five words? It
3: can be less than five words. Okay. Perfect. Like books. Such so a tip. <laughs> okay. And we're uh, going, Brett, Steve, Al, Joe. Buck.
1: Okay. Stay hydrated.
0: Motherfucker, that was my first one.
3: Well, that's more than five words, Steve.
0: Uh, stretch and or warm up.
2: By the good charcoal. Super glue and wood glue. Oh, oh, I like it.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, by... Quality consumables. Nice.
0: Take a
1: break.
3: Montana Black comes out quicker.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Don't sweat the small stuff.
1: Joe is too good at this seriously. (laughs) (laughs) This episode. Fuck you, Joe. (laughs) God damn it. Oh God! Uh take care of work vehicle <laughs>
3: <laughs> i think I think the tip has to be grammatically
1: acceptable yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> It has to be coherent to Joe's point really.
1: yeah. Okay, here. This is the parentheses. I had to take my truck in to get an oil change, and the guy told me, "Like, do you want us to change the fluid in the gearbox in the rear?" And I was like, "Uh, yeah, it's probably overdue for that." And He was like, "Well, yeah, I'm suggesting because it is jet black, and it's not supposed <laughs> to be." And I was
0: like, <laughs> "Oh, okay, geez.
1: yeah, take care of the vehicle."
0: Uh, are we doing one more round after this?
3: This is it. Keep going. This is We'll okay, cool. keep this until we pass oh, out. Oh, oh, oh!
0: Uh, fuck! I've, I, I got excited and forgot mine. Oh. Uh, it was really good as well. Uh. Oh, ask for help.
3: Oh. This one's for Joe. Don't squeeze the tea bag.
1: Ooh. Ooh.
2: Put the milk in first. No! Oh!
0: You're fired. <laughs> you're never coming on here again. Brett, you're next.
1: I'm I'm literally working this out on a hand <laughs> so I can figure it out if I'm doing. Um, be responsible for yourself. Awareness.
0: Don't podcast that was fine. with Joe.
1: <laughs> is that all Joe's?
0: Yeah, just all Joe's. Okay.
3: Do keep eggs in fridge.
0: What? Why? we're not explaining, are we? Fuck.
2: I'm going to question you on that later. Joe, you're next. Average can be extraordinary.
0: Yes! Fuck it. We're stopping there. (laughs) That's that's it. No more. That is fucking spiffing. (laughs) People that we think that are spiffing. Have you got an order? That but yeah, yeah you're last. It's not It's not always jabs just when we have a J on. Like,
3: I've got no fucking imagination. It is. No, it's badges, actually.
0: Oh, check you out. Uh, that means, Brett, you are first. Yeah.
1: All right. So I referenced this earlier in the podcast. And uh, I've actually spiffed the gentleman before. And I have to do kind of like a like a side spiff as well, because I only learned about this guy through my friend Alex who has also been on the podcast, my buddy, long-running friend of mine, suggested I watch Simon Sinek, who does a lot of TED Talks and um, a lot of uh, putting words to thoughts and ideas that I've had. And I know that's the majority of people that watch or listen to him it's a lot of like contextualizing the things that we're all feeling or thinking about or, or the awareness of things like game theory, which I think is what I first referenced him for. This video that I'm going to put in the show notes is Why for Artists and Creatives. And it's three years old at this point, but he spends the entire two hours talking about what art means, definitions of, you know, How things could be translated by the audience, what your approach should be, and um, the business versus the creative aspect of it, right? Like, how much should you put stock into the business of art versus the personal satisfaction? Um, Referring to things, social media, like serotonin and dopamine that we get from doing something. And then when that fix isn't there, you know, we're just looking for the next thing and we don't give any kind of weight to any of these creative projects anymore. So I think it speaks to me personally as someone who thought they were going to approach art as a full-time gig mm. uh, when I was younger and then trying to make things a little bit more business oriented now without losing that creative drive. Uh, and I feel like that's a very prevalent thing within our community. So give it a watch or a listen. It's on YouTube Play it in the background. There's no real visual accompaniment that you need to, Pay attention to so. Just pop it in the headphones and give it a listen. It is. It was very good and very helpful to me. I will honestly probably listen to it again today.
0: Nice, good shot, man. And um, yeah, I. I have nothing to do for the ne- well. I have. I'm stuck in the house for the next fucking eight days, so I'm definitely going to give that one a wholesome um, badges. Uh, Alphonse, you are next. Who would you like to spiff? That was a perfectly normal segue. Sh- it's fucking. fine. Don't
3: worry. Um, I'd like to take us all back in time 20 years. Ooh. 21 years, really, but 20 years. if you Ah, the 1980s. Yeah, what? the 80s, 20 <laughs> years ago. Um, the year 2000, and a plucky young film director has just come off the back of his £1 million budget film starring Vinnie Jones and Jason Statham. Um yeah. That oh, we all know and love is as that, Lockstock. Um, and then
0: 2000.
3: No, Lockstock was 1997. But yeah. 2000 was his follow up movie with 10 times the budget, $10 mm. million dollar film. Snatch is um, yes. sort of 20 years on from Snatch, which is an incredibly long amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the film still holds up and it's amazing. It but is, on YouTube, there is um, a sort of retrospective from Guy Ritchie where he just sits down and talks about Snatch. And nice. basically, he hasn't watched it for that long. Really? And he, and he just sits down and pisses himself laughing about it the whole time. <laughs> and then they've got loads of like behind the scenes footage from the from the shoot and just how they're just all fucking around the entire time and just like how wonderful like oh, yeah. and down to earth all the actors are. And even like Brad Pitt basically rang up Guy Ritchie after seeing Lockstock and he was like can I be in your next film? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's great. It's like twenty-minute video on YouTube, and it's just yeah, just Gary Richie sitting there talking about snatch. He's great. That
0: sounds fucking brilliant. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's such a good. I can't believe it's been twenty fucking years. Twenty-one years. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, um, good shout. That I'm I'm going to watch that in a minute. Um, Joe, you are next. Who would you like to speak my friend?
2: Right. Well, mine's a little bit of a maybe a weird one but I think it, it, it'll make sense in a bit so well it's not a weird one because it's a great channel um it, it, but it doesn't need to make sense don't worry about that it will I'll make it make sense I'll okay. force it in there something um, <laughs> but I think like a lot of people will always like struggle when you like you'll get asked the question how do you be creative and it's such a hard question to ever answer and say like, who can you can't teach creativity it's like it, it is something that comes natural to you but I do feel that there's kind of a step process that you can follow and for me personally it's always taking a step back so when I'm trying to think of something new I like to know how did we get to the point that we're at now with the thing that I want to make take to the next step and um, so there's a channel on YouTube called technology connections and he basically looks at all the old retro technology and what one of the I'll, I'll spiff a particular video it's probably it's probably his most viral video to date and um, it was an old Sunbeam toaster And he's like, his title was this toaster is better than yours. And it was made in the the 90s, like 40s or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And um, basically it pops up itself when the the toast is perfectly done and it will take the bread down for you. And it's all down to like, there's bits of metal inside. I don't know how it properly works, but bits of metal inside. That Of course, when the metal heats up, it expands and that affects the toast popping up. When it cools down, it goes back down. It's like really clever. Um, But I think just watching through his stuff, there's one recently on like how we went from oil lamps to gas lamps to electric and then we used to have gas pipes in our house that would like just leak and then you just light it when you want to put the lights on sort of thing. But the, there's some merit there. I truly believe to seeing where we've come from, even though it's obsolete now, we won't ever go back, but seeing the steps right. This is how we got to where we are now. Once your mind's on that path, it, I think it's a lot easier to keep the path going yourself. Yeah. And you can find that next innovation rather than starting from this is where we're here. And we'd all go to the next one. Knowing the steps that everybody took to get there oh, helps a lot. Yeah. So that's like how I'm I'm forcing that in. So that works. Nice. I <laughs> like it.
0: And I think it's quite good if you know the steps before as well. You can understand why things are a certain way. You can understand like why do wall sconces look the way they do, because you know, traditionally we do have the, the inlet for the, the gas and all of that. So like knowing that that whole thing of of why means you can go, well, actually. We don't need to do that anymore because we can do it with magic wi-fi stuff um so yeah Ah, precisely the magic wi-fi stuff magic wi-fi stuff wi-fi gas is the best type of gas yeah it it really is uh yeah no i think that's a that's a good shout uh that means it's me next uh i uh for a minute i was going to go with a uh, one re-spiff um and i was going to re-spiff gil because you were talking about pizzas and Gil makes the best pizzas ever. Um, but then I thought, no, I can't go with the re so I'm gonna I'm gonna find someone else. And I'm I'm gonna re someone else. Um so I'm respiffing someone, but it's someone that we haven't talked about for probably two, maybe three years. Um and that's uh Stefan G, I think G or G, can't remember. G-E-E. So G. One more time. G G. GEE G-G-G. anyway uh, who is homegrown design NZ um, he's I we, well, I mean me, me and Stefan have been following each other on uh, Instagram for years I think before I even started um, the podcast. Um, he's in the Facebook group um, he's relatively active. Um, he's a super nice guy um, and recently he's been doing a lot more work with uh, copper. Um, So he's been making, like, little copper pendants and stuff like that, and it's... (laughs) He's fucking idiot. Uh, Sorry, not not Stefan, Al, because Al just put in the chat, it's pronounced G-E-E. So thanks, dickhead. Uh, But, yeah, he's been doing a lot more work with... I'm fucking notorious for not being able to pronounce words, let alone names. Um, And, yeah, it's just been really nice seeing, like, how he's processes have worked he's um he's been showing like the different stages of each piece and it's just it's just nice and it's creative and it's, it's fucking lovely as well so yeah go 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 give him a follow and have a look and see what he's doing um i particularly like the the little rings he's made recently where he's taken like um uh he's taken a few forks that have like you know old forks they have that like weird nice engraving on them And he's kind of cut them and sanded them down in such a way and then wrapped them around to make them into rings like incorporating that engraving and it just looks really cool and it's really nice and simple and like he's played around with the patinas of different um or different ways of patina and copper and stuff and yeah it's just it's really nice like fun little creative stuff it's it's good so yeah uh that's my spiff so is there any other business no 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 i have some i uh i was going to talk about at the beginning of the show and forgot because i'm an idiot um but because we were talking about like top tips and we talked about um buying the right consumables and all of that uh and one of the things we didn't uh talk about or tip tip one of the things we didn't tip no that's not right one of the tips we didn't give thank you uh is uh ppe like, it's worth spending a little bit of money on PPE that actually works and is actually comfortable and is nice. Um, so we talked uh, last week a little bit about the fact that I had this new welding helmet. Luckily, I did get a... Uh,
3: Three weeks, Joe, we've had to listen about this fucking welding helmet, honestly. Fuck off. Um,
0: <laughs> he's such a prick. How did you got it last week, you dick? Um, and... Yes, before I had to go into lockdown, I did actually get the chance to use it, which I was very happy about, because I would not have enjoyed going into lockdown and not having used it. Um, But uh, I learned, I learned, I practiced um, stick welding for the first time, um, which is obviously what I'll learn to weld on. And it's, it was a bit, a bit weird to get my head around at first. It's obviously not MIG welding and there's more things to think about and, and everything else. But uh once I kind of got into the swing of it it was great I kind of understood what was happening and part of the reason I understood what was happening is because I could actually see what was happening um so yeah I think like spending the money on things like PPE is is well worth it because it it did make a huge difference it made it meant rather than taking like a couple of weeks to get better at doing stick welding, it took me a couple of hours because I was able to actually see what was happening at the time rather than just having to look afterwards and then go to Google and say, what does this mean? Um, so, yeah, uh, that was that was my AOB. just that the, the mask works and that stick welding's weird, but I kind of like it. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Uh, stick
1: welding's weird.
0: It is. Yeah. Um, Joe, where can everyone find you on the internet?
2: Well, you, you can find me. You won't find a lot there at the moment, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I am working on it, um, but yeah, I've got a back catalogue. So if you haven't heard of me before, it's Average Joe's Joinery, pretty much on everything. So I'll just Google it. And I am the top link, um, I like to say, if you just search Average Joe's Joinery. So yeah, there's not much competition in the space. So it's not, not a good client's fine, but yeah. Number one result good, on TV. good SEOs, there, mate. That's all. Definitely, 100%. <laughs> yeah. On beating dodgeball, that's the main thing.
0: <laughs> I actually watched dodgeball for the first time in ages uh, last week, and it's it's it, it's still yeah, it's still funny. There's there's bits in it where I'm like, oh, really? But um, it's a Vince Form film. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of all you need to say, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Um, and if you will find the rest of us. You can find us in all of these social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Networks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. I was giving you time. You're on mute. You He's on mute.
3: It. Yeah, but it's not me speaking, is it? It's the puppet dick
0: Okay. Dick. Can uh, this be a video episode? <laughs> well, I need to talk to you about that. Because uh, next week is our... Um, fourth third third or fourth anniversary on well, sunday yeah um but yeah so that's it so i'm going to leave you that little uh teaser is as, as Fedder would call it a little radio tease there for you um we love you all uh joe thank you ever so much for showing us showing us all,
3: all up
2: <laughs> <laughs> great minds no thank you i i really enjoyed it it's been great cheers yeah. joe um cheers, yeah friend. always a pleasure man Um so
0: until next week, we will see you then. We love you all. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. (laughs) To all for a beats.